Welcome back. It's loaded and rolling. I'm your host, Thomas Watson, trucking expert here at FreightWaves. Get hyped, folks. Get alive. Topic for today, recruiting. I normally talk about trucks, but we're going to talk about how to put people in the trucks. Super excited because we're going to be bringing in uh, a gentleman that I've gotten to know. You may know him as the Dr. Phil of trucking, but actually it's Charles Gracie, president and founder of Hot Seat Services and the host of the Cents Per Mile podcast. If you don't know about Hot Seat Services, they offer recruitment through a third-party white glove recruitment service as well as lead generation management services, helping keep your pipeline full and primed. I like that, primed pipeline. Charles, pleasure getting to have you on the show. I've been working with you on XM Radio for a hot minute, but now we're in a different format. Check it out. I know. I get to see your face. Your face is much bigger. <laughs> we give you the VIP treatment. We have a whole screen over to the right before the two box. <laughs> uh, let's dive in. Uh, excited to be on. Excited to have you on, man. Let's get diving in. For folks who don't know, I, I have to put in the plug in the Dr. Phil of Trucking. It's going in the description as well for SEO. Tell us about yourself. How'd you found Hot Seat Services? You know, I grew up in trucking. Uh, I worked every position except brokerage, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> but... Uh, it, it was, it's in my family, it's in my blood. Uh, early on when I was a kid, I didn't want nothing to do with trucking. I saw my dad, how much work he had to do, how he was never around. And then uh, when I got out of the military, I fell right into what I knew, which was trucking. Uh, I got my CDL, became a driver, uh, got moved into the office, um, found my place in recruiting, worked my way up. And working as an executive at these trucking companies, I saw a void. You know, there were, there was a lot of third-party options, a lot of lead gen vendor options, but there was very few options that offered a partnership. It was pay to play. And there's a lot of that in trucking. And I just wanted to find a solution. So in doing it, I found that void and uh, hot seat services started as a side hustle until it grew to the point where I had to leave my job as an executive and build a company out of my garage, which was intimidating. But uh, here I am today to tell the story and it's focused on relationships and solving that problem of connecting drivers and carriers and putting them on an even keel where they can form long-lasting relationships. I think that's important to highlight because uh, before we dive into the technology, the cool stuff you're working on, uh, you know, how the driver well, let's talk about the pipeline because for me that was one thing that always surprised me there's leads there's recruiters there's the lead generators there's the sites that aggregate to create the leads for for a casual observer like what does this pipeline basically how does this work yeah yeah so when we're talking recruiting we're talking a recruiting funnel or a pipeline is a lot of people use as a buzzword in this and it starts out as the marketing, what it's taking to bring that driver in front of your ad. Then they have to click that ad and they become a lead in the recruiting database where recruiters are going to reach out to them. Then it progresses into an application. Uh, and that's where the conversations take place. That's where you're forming those meaningful relationships, hopefully, if you're doing it right. And having those conversations, setting those expectations, seeing if it's a match. Then they go into processing. And not every driver that you submit for processing is going to be approved. And then the ones that get approved might not accept your offer. Uh, they might have other competing offers. And so as they progress, you start with thousands of leads in some cases, and you wind up with only tens to hundreds of hires. Um, and so the funnel is a very important thing to notate when you're talking recruiting because it is a numbers game. But you're also, when you're looking at these numbers, you're dealing with real people, both on the carrier and the driver's side. 
And I, I like that highlight for it to take thousands of leads and impressions to get a handful of actual ones. For for fo- what are the most common things for folks who want to understand? I mean, what are, what's getting everybody knocked out? Is it just because of their records? Is it because of like maybe they've had too many accidents or their profile? But how come it is such a, a huge numbers game with such a small nugget? It, it seems across the board. Yeah. So nowadays the reason's different. Uh, you know, back back about a couple years ago, it was you know drivers competing offers. Everyone was cutting each other off at the knees to have the best offer. But today, uh, the power is in the carrier's hands. And so carriers are mostly at capacity. And if they're not, they're doing something wrong and you need to look internally because almost everyone's at capacity right now. And because carriers are at capacity, they can look for those unicorns. You know, uh, you and I talk about it on the radio and I call them looking for unicorns that park rainbows. Uh, That's what it feels like as a recruiter in today's market because everyone's looking for the best of the best, the cream of the crop. And if you're a driver, you think nothing's changed. You might not even realize that the power shift has happened. You no longer hold the cards. And so that's where being honest in recruiting, setting those expectations, having those conversations, uh, they matter. Because you don't want to waste the carrier's time, but you also don't want to waste the driver's time. And what we're seeing drivers get knocked out for are some things that we as an industry have created, which is like job hopping. For drivers to make more money, they generally have to move to another place of employment. But now you've got insurance companies that won't insure drivers because they've had three jobs in three years, which is ludicrous. And you had a really good point when I've spoke to you past about it. It used to be two to three jobs. And because of the pandemic, because of drivers job hopping, chasing bonuses or opportunities, uh, something like seven to eight. Like, is there some huge amount of difference now in that some of these drivers can have upwards of like eight different jobs in three years? Yeah. So it's typical when you, any recruiter that's been doing this will tell you, they look at apps all the time where, you know, six jobs in two to three years is kind of average. There's data that comes out from Penn street and other ATS is all the time covering this stuff. Um, unfortunately, because everyone's looking for the cream of the crop right now, they've reduced what they're willing to accept in. So we're seeing carriers decline perfectly good drivers because they've had three jobs in three years. That's an average of one year per company. That's that's what blows my mind, because I think that, you know, if the marketplace turns, then it'll go back to a bonus arms race and all these other things to try to pay them. And so this separation now becomes the carrier's like, I need you back. Please call me back. And the driver's like, no, I'm getting like 12 different offers now with five hundred five thousand dollar bonuses. But it, it even goes deeper than that, because some of the carriers, they'll have those unwritten reasons. Uh, you know, maybe, hey, we're looking for cream of the crop. We can be. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right now, you know, get it while the getting good. The pendulum will swing the other way. But then there's others that are changing it in writing. Uh, they're raising their standards in writing. And, and what's unique about that situation is, uh, like many, you can always raise things. It's harder to go back. If you go back in your written qualifications and requirements, and then something happens in that gap that you changed, you've opened yourself up for liability. So I, I encourage everyone to think, long and carefully about what you're doing because that pendulum is going to swing. And when it does, you have to look at where you're at and how sustainable the position you put yourself and your company in. And I think it's cool because it all boils down to the leads. Uh, You'd mentioned some comments back when we were shooting the breeze on radio that some large carriers and companies prefer to have the cheapest cost per, per lead possible. And then for others, they'd rather have a smaller pool of leads, but to pay more for it in the hopes that we're attracting. Describe that, because I feel like that's interesting. Uh, even if I was a recruiter at a large carrier, I, I'd feel a little frustrated if I just keep getting crappy leads. Yeah, dialing for donuts is what a lot of them feel like. Uh, back 
when I first started this recruiting was you just answer the phone and you made money and you see memes about it on the recruiting side, pick me up. I make you money. Uh, nowadays it's the opposite. You're dialing. And it often feels like recruiters are dialing for donuts. Anyone can sling leads. Uh, so there's a couple metrics. We use CPL cost per lead cost per hire CPH. Um, depending on who you talk to, different people will validate it for different reasons. Um, in my honest opinion, as somebody that works in this industry in depth in recruiting, I think cost per lead is dead. I think cost per lead is a wasted metric that a lot of people get hung up on. Does it have any value? No, because if I can give you the lowest cost per lead and they never have meaningful connections, they're never gonna mature to anything else. You're just dialing for donuts. So when I'm looking at what's gonna make someone successful or recruiting initiative successful, for one of my clients or partners, I'm looking at cost per meaningful connection, cost per person that I can have a conversation with and progress. Um, that's where you kind of define where the line stops as someone that's providing leads and where it's responsibility now falls on the recruiting department. If I'm a lead gen vendor and I'm trying to give you leads, I want to gauge, did you get that person on the phone? Did they have a CDL? Did they live in your hiring criteria? I did my job at that point. Then it's for the closers, the recruiters to take it further. That's where they do what they do best. Now, if you're not getting that meaningful connection, then I failed as a lead gen provider. Uh, but there seems to be a blurred line depending on where you talk to people or where they think that line should be in the sand. Uh, a lot of times vendors get a bad rep because people have too much that they're, well, I'm not getting enough conversions. Well, let's look at why. Let's have a conversation why. And that's where we have to carve this data out. And that's where all of these metrics and the data comes into play is that we're not converting meaningful connections because that's a whole different conversation is it that you're not competitive. But if you're only looking at cost per lead, anyone can sling leads. There's tons of vendors. You got agencies out there where that's all they'll do is give you a, a lowest cost per lead. Uh, one of my highest recommendations is start looking around, look at other options, and don't be scared to A-B test this stuff. We A-B test a lot of things in this industry, but we fail to A-B test the one thing that's supplying us drivers to our trucks. And that's where I think people need to branch out and talk to companies like our sister company, CDL Life or Hot Seat Services. There's tons of them out there. Whether you talk to us or not, you should be evaluating your options and make sure that they are uh, indicative of success. You want to find partners. Let's say I have a lead, someone clicks on it, fills out the little questionnaire, I'm interested in more. Is there a timer that starts? Is there a Goldilocks moment where uh, this person has expressed interest, but then, uh, you know, you may lose them or the odds of them actually doing something or even talking to you, like, dramatically fall? Yeah, right on. That's a great question. Um, so there's a lot of data that supports that the faster you reach out to a lead, the better chances you have of uh, not only having that meaningful connection, but converting that lead. Uh, nowadays, we've kind of, uh, the industry is known for creating its own shortcomings. We've made the barrier to entry so low that back in the day, an application meant you had an interested candidate in front of you looking for employment. Nowadays, it's so easy. You could do an application in under two minutes with autofill features. So where we've made it easy to attract candidates into the pool, we've made it so easy that there's lower intent. So an application doesn't necessarily mean intent. A lead doesn't mean intent. So that's where the recruiters have to gauge that engagement from their applicants. But the longer you take to do that, the lesser chance you have because we've made it so easy that where your typical applicant would sit down and fill out an application, it might take 10, 15 minutes. Now they can do it in two minutes, so they can do 10 to 15 apps. Uh, there's actually data showing that the average driver sits down and does about seven to eight apps in one time. 
So now that's seven to eight more competitive offers coming that driver's way. And if you're the last one to reach out to them, you might have missed that bus. This feels like, I feel like there's an online dating analogy because we've seen these barriers to entry removed as well. It's almost like Tinder where, you know, you, you just don't know if this driver is going to be swiping on a lot more uh, companies as well as so you have to act quickly just to even peak interest. Do you feel like that's kind of like one of those arms races? Yeah. Because I knew even yeah. back when, you know, US Express released like chatbots, there's now little chatbots that you can guide you through in any language and anything nowadays. Yeah, it has essentially become Tinder for truckers, and it's on both sides. Um, they they can speed date, and you have to have that meaningful connection. So for recruiters, the job has evolved. You have to speed date and form meaningful connections in that two-minute elevator pitch of not only building that rapport with the driver as an individual, but also on behalf of your company. You know, I, I just talked to a client's team today about, hey, you do a great job of talking to the drivers on an individual level, but you also have to last leave a lasting impression as a company. And that kind of adds another layer of how do you do that in two minutes when you're trying to get a pitch. Um, and there's follow-up conversations that take place, but on average, you know, we're looking at how are we gauging recruiting nowadays and you're gauging it off meaningful connections. What is that? Some carriers, that's four minutes. Some carriers, it's six minutes. Some carriers, it's a lower barrier and it's, hey, did you give me an application? Which I disagree with that approach. And I'm curious about that because I remember when I started in 14, it felt like, uh, come come join our company. We will get you home more than the other people. We will get you a newer piece of equipment, a, a, the box to live in as you drive down the road. And uh, did you see our billboard? Like, how, how, what do we do if you want to give that two-minute elevator pitch? It feels like everyone's using the same playbook. Yeah, they are. Um, you know, if you had newer trucks back in the day, you could win. Everyone has newer trucks due to maintenance per mile metric. Uh, if you had home time, all right, we're starting to see that reverse, uh, which kind of baffles me, but we're starting to see a lot of carriers want drivers to stay out two to three weeks right now because of the freight market. Uh, and that's not indicative of the driver market we're in. The drivers have come to terms with they want to work life balance. We need to make trucking sexy again. So we're kind of reverting backwards right now, which It'll be interesting to see how that develops. Um, but now in order to win that arms race to get today's top drivers, you have to be able to form that relationship. And that starts from doing less talking and more listening if you're a recruiter. Listen to the drivers. A ask open-ended conversation questions uh, like, hey, what are you looking for in your next job? Why are you leaving your current job? Let them talk and guide you. And you just sit back and listen. And that, that's hard for some recruiters because they're used to talking all the time but they need to talk less and listen more. And if you want to bring an immediate value to any relationship quickly, connect the dots by solving their problem. That's the easiest way to do recruiting nowadays is to solve that driver's problem. Identify what the problem is and connect the dots on how your offer company solves and addresses that problem. So before we dive into technology driver problems, have the problems always been the same or have you seen any big changes in recent years that drivers are really asking for that maybe fleets aren't thinking about? I look at those top 10 issues for fleets and drivers every year, and I feel like the list is always completely different. Does that kind of bleed into the recruiting aspect? Absolutely. And recruiters should be doing that research, but um, most of them already know what's going to be said by the drivers. Uh, what I'm seeing right now and what our team's seeing is Everyone's got the trucks. Hey, those are the basics. But drivers want a balance. They want that home time. They want a company that respects that they're people and they have families and loved ones. But more, more than anything, a driver will not necessarily take your job because you offer a couple more cents a mile than company across the street. 
they're going to take your job because of the culture, the, the values of your company. How, how's your reputation holding up? And that's where carriers really have to do better. You know, um, they have to start branding themselves outside of just lead gen. They need to start using branding campaigns. They need to start using, uh, we have a service called awareness where it helps build your awareness, uh, not only how you're being perceived, but also putting yourself out there. Uh, if you look at a lot of the data, you'll see that you can run a lead gen campaign, but if you run a branding campaign next to it, it's going to naturally elevate the lead gen campaign because people are going to see you in Google searches more. They're going to see articles and sponsored content, all, all of that stuff that helps drive home what you guys are about. And a lot of Kara's ads, uh, as you heard on Sense of a Mile all the time, my co-host say, they look the same. We'll treat you like a person. You're a name, not a number. I mean, it's cl it's just cliche marketing. Put out your culture, recruit the people that fit your culture, and don't be scared to say no to someone that doesn't because otherwise you're hiring turnover. I think that's a fascinating thing. And let's dive into, speaking of trying to change, trying to use technology, trying to get better, uh, talk about some recent things y'all are working on, especially. I know you're excited. Is it time that you can share what you all have been working yeah. on the past few months? Yeah, so Hot Seat Services has a unique partnership being at our sister company, CDL Life, and they have the world's largest driver audience. So working with them gives us access to a lot of things that others don't have. And some of those tools that come out are Connect. Uh, Connect is all about building those relationships. We know that a lot of recruiting departments are running at a uh, smaller scale, skeleton crew wearing multiple hats because of various reasons in the economy. So anyone can sling leads, but we want to help build those meaningful relationships because that's what's driving the needle for conversions. That's what's putting pe people in those trucks and adding value teammates to these organizations. So we build out a plethora of tools to support that, whether it's things to help get more connections or to drive phone calls, because a lot of carriers still perform well on calls, but it's getting those calls that's difficult for them. Maybe it's remarketing efforts, maybe it's branding, or a lot of what we're seeing is people just don't have good metrics. These uh, applicant tracking systems, we call them ATSs on the recruiting side, you have various ones and options, and you got some that are more, more well-known than others. But essentially, they are HR platforms. These are platforms that are designed to house your applicants, but they're not necessarily designed to evaluate your marketing. And so a lot of the data is... Um, murky, it's not accurate, attribution's wrong. And these people are basing their marketing decisions off of that data. So the data needs to be precise. So we've presented new data that supports the marketing. It doesn't discriminate. If we aren't doing a good job, it's gonna tell you we're not doing a good job. If someone else isn't doing a good job, it's gonna tell them that story as well. Um, we think that's important. So it comes down to the education piece. So we not only want to educate our partners at what they need to look at to be successful, but we want to give them the tools to be successful. And there is no cookie cutter mold. So we build out this plethora of tools to support building those relationships, remarketing efforts, branding efforts, uh, AI powered optimization. So if you are chasing cost per lead, I don't recommend it, but if you are, it's going to optimize to that. If you're chasing calls, it's going to optimize to that. If you're chasing conversions to hires or meaningful relationships on like a four minute call average, it's going to optimize your campaign for what you need to be successful in the metrics that you give it, which is something that a lot of our competitors just don't have out there right now. They'll give you AI driven reporting, but it's reporting. You still have to do the action and those call to actions are important for those conversions. Now, one of the tools, and I'm curious if this is what you were working on as well, was the dial a driver where someone else does the dialing and they catch a live one interested and then they loop you in. Is that a future we can believe in? 
Yeah, so this is a really cool uh, tool that we've uh, enlisted in, you know, being that we're partnered with CDL Life, we had first access to it. So our recruiters got to test it out. It's a recruiter toolkit. So a lot of times we've talked about recruiters that are dialing for donuts and they might not get a meaningful connection. They might get a voicemail instead. Good luck doing your elevator pitch on a voicemail that most people don't check. So what this does is it allows you to give not only real-time feedback to the marketing team, instead of waiting to the end of month to get this feedback, you can mark it as a good lead, a bad lead, uh, or couldn't get a hold of. If you hit couldn't get a hold of, it opens up a little box where the recruiter puts their name, their hours that they work or that they're available for inbound calls, and also their direct extension. Typically, there's a lot of services out there that will you know, remarket to your leads but it goes to a generalized number. Maybe it's your recruiting department and they gotta go through three people for before they get to the one that they need to talk to. This allows us to skip that step and give a better holistic uh, um, relationship to the building floor. moment. Yeah, it's straight to the source. And, that, and that's the thing, we want to build that whole experience. It's about relationships. And if you're gonna have a meaningful relationship, it starts with communication. How good's that communication? If oh, hold on, I got to transfer you three times before you get to the right person. Oh, they're on a call right now. Oh, they're busy. Oh, let me take that. I'll yeah. help you out. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's all about that relationship building, and that's where we take this our services to the next level by going in there as a partner, not just someone that's trying to take your money and say, "Hey, is your cheapest cost per lead?" And you gave me a really interesting stat. So we we talked about earlier how it could take thousands of leads, uh, impressions, you get a handful of drivers. And something that you told me that blew my mind was that like 50% of drivers are not even showing up to orientation. And I'm assuming this is after you paid for their ride, hotel, or whatever else. And they're just ghosting you right at the two-yard line. Yeah, so it's a combination issue. I think there's a lot of things that come into play here. But what we're seeing is because of the competitiveness, because of the switching culture and values of today's workforce, uh, where before, if you didn't like something, you would call me and say, hey, I changed my mind. I got a better offer. That's not happening anymore. And so one of the conversations that's not taking place, and I think it should be on the forefront, is how do we change that? How do we address that? But first, we have to talk about what is happening. Everyone's keeping it kind of shoved in the closet. But I'm telling you, this story is happening everywhere. No shows are up. Now, why they're up, people are going to have different takes on this. I think a lot of it comes down to today's culture. Uh, people aren't willing to have conversations. They don't feel like they owe you a conversation if they change their mind. But what they're not taking into play here is that you spent money on a plane ticket, on lodging, on running their reports. And you have a better chance of recouping that money and reciprocating that on the pay and all the other stuff that are important to drivers. If we can cut down the no-show rates that are affecting a lot of carriers right now. And that was interesting because it used to be one out of three. And I remember back in 18 or 17 at US Express, they'd say between four and 6,000 to get a single driver into the seat from like start to finish. I mean, is that that's a big deal going from one out of three to one out of two, uh, you know, is there any recourse if you just don't show up to kind of like, you know, if I'm mad, can I give you a bad review as a driver? <laughs> it, well, there is. And the, the companies used to leverage it a whole lot more than they do nowadays, maybe due to PR, maybe due to manpower. But back in the day when I was driving, if a driver no showed orientation, you went on their deck and you reported them. And that let other carriers know that there are no show risk. And there are carriers out there that would not hire a no show marked driver. 
Um, now, it doesn't leave the driver, you know, unable to wield a rebuttal to it. You can go on there and argue it. And if you had any proof, hey, cool. You can, just like a truck abandonment, a lot of drivers don't realize that you can rebuttal truck abandonments. Um, but we kind of fell away from that. So there is no recourse currently. And I'm not sure that the answer is that there should be no recourse. I think there should be that because it's affecting the rest of the driver pool. It's affecting the carrier's financials. It's affecting the overall experience for everyone involved. And we're adults. If they're coming to work for your organization, there should be a conversation if you're not coming, especially if there's money associated with it. I mean, what are you talking about? A text message, an email, a, a smoke signal at this point would help some of these carriers. Instead of the song, say something, I'm not picking up on you for the for the recruitment stuff. Got less than a minute left. Running out of time. We need to do a longer episode of this because I feel like I'm getting my mind blown here, Charles. Uh, folks want to learn more about <laughs> Sense Per Mile Hot Seat Services, the whole shebang, best way to get in contact. So Sense Per Mile is on Freight Waves every Wednesday at 1130 right before What the Truck. Um, you can also go to hotseatservices.com to check us out or message me at info at hotseatservices.com. Um, and yeah, we rebroadcast on Reach Across America since per mile every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Looking forward to it, Charles. Thanks for your time so much. We'll reconnect soon. Amazing stuff. Thanks, bud. That's going to be a wrap for today's show, but don't worry. If you're just missing it, we're going to replay this thing throughout the week. Check it out on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you may find your podcasts. Also, hit up the newsletter, fairways.com slash loaded and rolling Thursdays at 2 p.m. Join us next week, though, 2 p.m. Eastern, Tuesday. We'll do it live.